welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about JVs and the IRD. So if you go in with somebody and purchase a property, how does it work with the IRD? And there's actually an interesting situation. We were in Wellington last night with the podcast and as we've been coming around meeting you guys, and I was talking to Jade, who's actually been doing God's work, trying to help his family get into <laughs> property, get his brothers and sisters into oh. property. And it was just so wonderful meeting you and Candice, Jade, and, and, and hearing about that, by the way. And the situation that Jade gave me, he actually came with a list of questions. Do right. you know that? No, no, I didn't know that. At about 10 o'clock, after a couple of hours, he says, now, I've just got some questions. And he pulls it out. He's like, rapid fire. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Like, we should have just got him on here for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to tell him what, what I'd do if I was Jacinda. Oh, uh, yeah? What would you do? Oh, oh there was many things. Okay. There's a whole nother podcast okay. about all that. Right, all right. Um, but the situation that Jay gave me was, well, what if I'm going in, so two people, I'm going in as an investor, and the person I want to buy a house with is coming in as an owner-occupier. So they're going to live in the property, but I'm going to do half the money and half the mortgage. They're going to do half the money and half the mortgage. How does the IRD treat it? What happens in this situation? And I guess... The reason why somebody might do this is let's say that you're in a situation like that where you're helping out a brother or a sister, you're helping out a cousin, something along those lines, and they're just not ready to purchase something on their own, like their own owner-occupier, but they also maybe don't want to buy an investment property either. So they actually want something to live in, but they don't have all of the money. And it might also be because they need their KiwiSaver. They need to pull that KiwiSaver out so that they can legitimately use that money to purchase a property. Whereas if it's an investment property, you're not able to use your first home grant or your KiwiSaver legitimately. Now, Tell me, Andrew, how would the IRD treat this? Because I want to see whether it lines up with what I actually said. Uh, <laughs> and we are going to disclaimer this one by saying, in any instance like this, we're not the tax experts. You should always seek a tax expert. Just before we recorded this, I rang Matt Harris just to get a, his insight into a couple of things. Look, the main thing, it depends on whether or not you're actually renting it out. So investing in a property and having it as an investment property or a rental property are probably two different things. So let's take a step back first of all. So there are kind of three ways that you can have a JV. You can have a simple JV where you've just got a couple of people in a partnership. You can have an incorporated JV, and so that might be a company structure where everyone has shares, or you can just kind of have an investment where you give someone some money and they give you a return on your money. So, you know, for example, Ed decides he wants to buy a house. He's a bit short on his deposit. I give him 50K and ask for 35% interest on it. In this scenario, that's probably the best structure that I would use. So let's talk about a scenario where an owner-occupier moves into it. Well, they're not going to be paying rent. I guess they're going to be paying a mortgage. So if there's no income, then you're not going to fall in the tax net. So the good news is you don't have to worry about the Brightline test of 10 years because it's an owner-occupied property unless it's rented out later on. And so your money isn't going to be subject to the Brightline test and their profit isn't going to be either. But the issues with the scenario is that potentially is there some part of the mortgage you're going to have to pay? So if you're structuring it where, okay, well, you're both going 50-50 in this and you're putting in 50K and your cousin's putting in 50K, do you have to pay your 50% of the mortgage? Well, that wouldn't be fair. So it's not really an investment. You're just doing it because you love this person. So in that scenario, probably what I would say, the better way of doing it would be this. If it's a half million dollar property, I'm giving you $50,000, so I'm taking a 10% share in that property. And when we sell that property, I'm going to take 10% of the profits as well. That's really straightforward, nice and easy. Or 
what you might do is you might say, I'm going to give you $50,000 and you're going to be paying me interest on that until you can refinance it out. But Ed, what's the situation if they're going to be paying rent? Well, in that case, it'd be treated like almost any other rental property, except from the viewpoint of the, the person living in it. So they're going to be paying potentially half a mortgage, and then they'll also pay you half the rent. Now, the difficulty in this situation well, is- Well, no, what to- you'd do in that case, I think, is you'd set up a rental account, and they would pay market rent. So one thing you've got to remember is- you have to charge market rent even if there's a related party in there. So if you buy a house in Wellington for your kids to rent out while they're at Vic University and you charge them a below market rent, when you file your return, you have to file your return as if you were charging market rent because you can't have these losses occur which aren't bona fide losses because you've been subsidising your kids' rent thing is that there's so many investors out there who already charge what they consider under market and under the market rent. That'd be like saying to your police officer who was undercharging a guy for a long time that, oh, well, he needed to to file his tax return as if it was a higher What you're saying is very hard for that to be policed. Well, it's more like, you know, if, if you've got someone and they're paying 400 bucks and the, the market rent in Wellington is like 800 and you file it and it's just it wouldn't be that hard to check that, I don't think. Well, I suppose the IRD have got but then what, to worry about, haven't they? But then the question is, why do we see investors all the time come in who haven't changed their rent for a long time and it's properly under and they're still there happily filing their tax returns? Yeah, okay. All right. All okay, right. the jury's out. All right, the jury is out. I mean, the wonderful thing is that I'm right, Andrew, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you just know that I'm still feeling a bit sick and so you just can take advantage of me because I'm not up to an argument with you. Andrew, I'm sure you've been waiting for years for me to take advantage of you. <laughs> now, come off it. We're talking about issues with this scenario. I do think there are some things that you're going to want to think about and there are questions that I don't know the answer to. So, like, is that going to fall under the Residential Tenancies Act in that case? Probably, yes. You would need to have a tenancy agreement in place. Will your insurance be void if there aren't any inspections? The answer would probably be yes. And then the question there becomes, well, what happens if you want them to move out because you're unhappy with this person's conduct or their behaviour? It's going to be very difficult to get rid of your tenant. Now, I realise that you're only doing this in in the situation with your brother or your cousin or something like that, but family fallouts definitely happen or different types of family feuds definitely happen and so you just want to think about these things. The other thing that you're going to want to consider as well is what happens if they want out early. So we're considering this a rental property now. Well if they're paying rent then it's quite an interesting scenario. What needs to happen is that they need to pay rent as if it's the full amount. So it's not like they're paying half the rent to you and then paying half the mortgage. What you do is you'd set up a rental account and this is a bit different from what I told you, Jade. I've got I've got some real advice as we <laughs> talked last night. And what you'd do is I'd pay money into this rental account and then you would file that as a normal property would in that instance. And then you would pay the mortgage from that specific rental account. And then if there is a loss, because let's say that you're undercharging a little bit because they own half the house, then you'd both split it 50-50. So let's say the property was negatively geared by $100 a week something along those lines, then you'd both be paying $50 into that. Now, the one thing that you've got to think about doing this as an investor in that instance is there is going to be a real tendency to keep that market rent really, really low. And so one of the reasons why I'd be a bit iffy about this is 
that there's never going to be a way to take the emotion really out of it because then if you say to your cousin, hey, the, the market rent on this is actually not $400 anymore, it's really $500, we need to be putting this rent up, well, then you're going to get into some issues. Yeah. And so that's why it might be better to help them out in some of the other ways we've talked about. The other thing is, well, if they own half the house, how are you ever going to get rid of them? So let's say that there's a family feud, things break down, as they you know, sometimes do, then you're going to have an issue because this person's out living in your house. If you stop doing rental inspections because you get lazy and think, oh, well, you know, old Jimmy's looking after it. I was around there over the weekend, looked okay. No, 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 that sort of formal rental inspection. So is your insurance going to potentially be void? The other thing you've got to think about is, well, what about Bright Line? If they're living in that property and they've lived in it for three years, And they're like, sweet, this property's gone up in value. Let's sell it so that I'm able to take my money out and go and buy something that I really want. Well, first of all, you'd both have to pay Brightline because you're not going to be able to claim the main home exemption because it's actually not a main home, it's a a rental property. Then in that case, you're both going to have to pay tax. And the owner-occupier, I'd expect, would probably be more willing to pay the tax and move on so they can go and get their own home, whereas you as the investor might be a bit more unhappy about that because you've got this opportunity cost. You could have otherwise taken your money and invested it somewhere else for 10 years. So are you going to have to sell that property more quickly than you would have otherwise thought of? So, you know, there are some things. And look, I never like it when you get instances like this where you're renting to friends or renting to family because I do believe things go wrong. Now, I realise, oh, but I like doing it. I want to rent the property to my cousin. Guys, it's just not a good idea. No, no, no. You've got to decide whether or not you're in charity or you're in business. And if you're in charity, awesome, but you're not in business. And it's really important to just kind of think about maybe the better way of doing it is that you build up your own equity and then you give someone a guarantee. So I'd be far more likely to guarantee someone's deposit and then they can pay back the bank. I have no vested interest in their property. If I trust them or I want to help them out, I'll I'll do that, but I'm not going to give them my cash and then try and take a percentage because things go wrong. I've been doing this for so many years. I have seen the tail end of this where people go wrong. There's a charity case sitting to your right yeah. like a guarantee yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah isn't it William Shakespeare that says neither a borrower nor lender be I think they should have had an addition there with family member or a friend that is the worst idea ever William Shakespeare's not going to say that's the worst idea ever, No, mate. no, well, how, would he say, how would he say it then, buddy? I, I love that. The first thing you do is you pretend that you've ever read a bloody line of William Shakespeare. Oh, come on. And I, try I, and write I, you, you want to try and write You want to try and Shakespeare off me. I had to do drama back at school. It I can imagine terrible. you had some time. I Romeo. <laughs> And Andrew, what if this was temporary? What if somebody was only doing it for six months so they could pull out their KiwiSaver? So just just explain to me what you mean by that. So you and I, let's take that example. I don't own any property in this situation, but I've got something in my KiwiSaver. I want to pull that out and put it into a rental property, but I'm not able to do it because I don't have enough money. Uh, So now what I want to do is I want to say, oh, my good friend Andrew, let's buy a house together. I'll live in it for six months to make my KiwiSaver withdrawal legitimate. Then we'll move out and we'll own this property. As a a a bona fide rental. Bona fide rental property. Absolutely fine. So in that case, no problem. There's a short-term window where you're going to live in the property and 
you're going to pay the mortgage so that I don't have to put any extra money in there. It's not unfair. But then in six months, we have a standard rental. It's, a, it's arm's length, absolutely fine. There's probably not any side agreements you'd put in place around that, though, would you? No, I'd just kick out if you no. don't get out. I, I mean, just one thing to remember is when you're doing these kind of things, you've got to tread with caution because people are on different life journeys and eventually someone's going to want to sell the property, but the other person might not. And so you've got a provision. I think we've done podcasts on all those kind of things anyway, but today's question was more about how the mighty IRD will look at it. Now, one other thing is that if you really want to do a JV, one thing you could do is just find a different JV partner. Like if this is for you, really is going to be a bona fide investment and you're like, yeah, I'm doing this because it's going to be right for me over the long term. Just don't do a JV with somebody who is as tight as this or doesn't quite have the money in order to be able to do it. I mean, tight in terms of not that they don't want to spend any money, yeah, but tight as in terms of that it's a bit close to banking restrictions of the banks, but like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, that, you don't want to get into a JV where you're, you're propping someone up that the bank would say no to. Banks have policies there because they don't want to sell people up. You don't want to have a JV that then involves your house being mortgage sold in a few months' time. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, make sure you tune in for tomorrow's show because we're going to be talking about crashing the housing market on purpose. It's going to be a really interesting episode. And of course, don't forget to come along to our webinar Tuesday, 17th of August at 7pm. It's coming up. Tap or swipe over the cover. I'm going to drop a link to the in the show notes where you can go and sign up or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.